Hello and welcome to the ACSC podcast. This is a new weekly sports content coming every week. Probably every Friday we're going to be aiming for, which is going to be talking about anything to do with sports, probably mainly football, because that's what obviously we're main avid fans of. My co-host... Hello guys, yeah, so my name is Adil. I am a close friend of Charles. We've known each other since school days. Um, this is something we both are really passionate about. And you know what, we thought now's probably is the right time whilst you're, you know, indoors doing not a lot to get it going and, and take a real interest and focus towards so it. So yeah, like Dil said, we've known each other for years now and we've always played with the idea of setting a podcast up, talking about football because it's all we do every day anyway. So yeah. it's a chance to share <laughs> it's a chance to share our opinions yeah. to you guys and what we actually think. Uh, so we'll go straight into the main topic, which everyone seems to be talking about at the moment, which is the coronavirus situation and how this is going to have a huge impact on football all around. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I say, at the moment, it looks like, I mean, people are getting a bit bored of the subject, but it is interesting when it comes to football for us. Um, it is going to be a, the, it is the focal point right now when it's all about how it's going to impact the football world. A hundred percent. There is so many opinions that people have in this. And for me, seeing it, the main situation is, yeah. can the season really continue? Uh, yeah, I think that is, that's very much the question at the moment. Um, it seems like that is what's on the lips of not just every football owner, you know, or the pundits, even fans. We sat here thinking there's so many different opinions. Everyone's got their own little opinion on it. And it is a question where you have to think about safety and all that. And can it really start again? Yeah, 100%. And my honest opinion, I would love the season continue. I don't know if it can. There's so many aspects that come into it, which we can obviously discuss in detail. But just to begin with, my opinion, I would love to see it continue. I don't think it can at the moment. I would rather see it until it was safe. Yeah, I mean, likewise, I'm, I fully uh, back you on that, Charles. I mean, I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan. But like I say, you've got to have a bit of common sense prevail here. I mean, we are top of the league. We are 25 points clear. However, you've got to look at the safety aspect and, and can it continue? You've got to, you know, the first and foremost, the government has to give its approval. And once it does that, then you've got to look at, I think UEFA set a, a deadline for the 25th of May for European League yeah. to kind of set their plans if they want to continue the season. So, you know, what, it's going to be tough. But I think, like I said, it can be done if the right um, health and safety is, is in, put in place. The main thing to see is everyone says about health and safety, but it's the amount of people that's required even just to have games behind closed doors. Working firsthand at Wembley when I did yeah. a few years ago, you're talking three, four hundred people just to get one game of football going. And, and having that many people in one place at one time, is that safe? Probably not at the moment, no. Yeah, I mean, I totally, yeah, I fully agree with you on that. I mean, you, you look at it, the aspect, you've got to have your, your match day squads. I mean, each club, you include the staff, the players, you've got your own club, you know, media. So you're looking at each club are bringing together about 60, 70 people each. And then you've got the match officials, you've got the TV broadcasters. I think they said now, if the game yeah. restart, it's going to be behind closed doors, which makes it, which obviously we, as fans, it's going to want, we want to watch you on TV. Exactly. There's no other way exactly. of getting to the stadium or anything. So you're going to have TV boards, you're going to have Sky potentially in there, BT, whoever it might be. Um, so that does increase the number of people and, and, and adds to the risk. Oh, you can't disagree with that. And I think the problem people, uh, certain people, obviously I'm an Arsenal fan myself. So in certain aspects, yeah, you would love to say, let's just finish the season, but you can't. 
you think of it the fact that the amount of money that broadcast deals like you're saying have still got to look at yeah. and yeah absolutely i don't know if clubs can afford to lose i've seen some reports saying that they reckon one to two clubs in the premier league may be close to going bankrupt if the season yeah in fact i i saw in fact i watched the i followed the the athletic uk which came out and it's got a few uh, reporters on as well and i saw a, a report saying it's potentially two or three quite big premier league clubs that are really fearing for their their safety and, and survival really because you know what financially i think they looked at it i think it would be about what was it 800 million or i can't remember how much would be potentially lost certain clubs can't afford that i mean you look at potentially yeah. liverpool right now manchester city manchester united who are the well city and liverpool in terms of they're probably in terms of financial right now okay but then you look at teams like even potential like arsenal you say you know you've you've not exactly been at the top of your how good arsenal have been over the year to the last few years no. you've got a new manager in now there's even reports that you're willing to accept 30 million for a Bamiyang. i mean if that was last year, you'd be laughing. However, in this market, it almost feels like you need the cash. <laughs> you, you sort of think you have to take it, yeah. Oh, well, I've seen uh, the Arsenal Supporters Trust, who have shareholdings within the club, re- mm. released a report, I think it was yesterday, and they reckon that it'll be about £142 million lost in matchday revenue only for this season, the remaining games. So, to me, if the talk is that if next season is played behind closed doors, yeah. the amount of money and the impact it's going to have on clubs like us who... We need to spend money to get towards the top four again. Yeah, absolutely. How can you justify spending it if you can't spend yeah, the money? Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I think you, the way you look at it is, especially like Arsenal, I mean, they even, I've even seen reports of big clubs, Liverpool, you know, being linked with Timo Werner. Um, you know, it's almost laughable now. You think, like, I personally don't see any big club making any big transfers in this, especially in the mark, in the window when this season eventually, if it concludes. Realistically, you're going to look at people looking at loans. You're going to look at free agents. You've got players that are coming up to the end of their contracts. You'd be surprised. I think there'll be a lot of those players that'd be yeah. of interest. Adam Lallana being one of them, who suddenly no one really, I mean, as a Liverpool fan, he's had his fair share of good years. It's not been the most best for the last couple. However, the way you look at it is now potentially teams like Leicester, even Arsenal have been linked with Lallana, and you take him. I've seen it, yeah. Exactly, and you take him now because you think about the predicament we're in. He's a player who's, I mean, I think he's just on the wrong side of 30 now, but on a free, on re- relatively decent wages, he's a player you take. It fits into the way we're buying players. You look at the players like David Luiz we brought in in the summer. We're looking to bring in a lot more experienced type players to our squad to help out the nurture the youngsters like Martinelli, Genduzzi, players like that. They need that experience around them. Uh, so in a market like that, you're going to see a lot more transfers yeah. happening like that. Like you're saying with Timo Werner. It's always 100%, the players yeah. that happen in this contract situation going on at the moment are players free to move at the 1st of July due to the fact that no one knows if the season's actually going to be finished by the yeah, start exactly. of July. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you on that. I think you've got, you've got I think there's a, even in the Premier League, you've got Willian as well. There's a few players, high-profile players, that contract expires on the 1st of July. However, the Premier League hasn't come out and set any sort of plans in terms of Will that be extended? Will players have to stay at their clubs until potentially the season's concluded? Or would they be free to leave? And then what, how does that leave someone like Chelsea who, with Willian, who's been quite prominent for them this season? Would that now leave yeah. them with a player that's gone in July and then potentially playing for 
another potential another Premier League team to finish the season. It is all up in the air. But like I say, it does. It, 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 we need some sort of clarification from the Premier League and very soon. Well, I think they're having a meeting tomorrow, I think, and that's a lot of the managers yeah. are tuning in from home. Uh, and hopefully, as of tomorrow, there might be a bit more clarification. It's like you're saying, with players and clubs being at disadvantage, the other way to look at it is certain teams like Tottenham, who had a lot of injuries, Kane was out before this whole outbreak, yeah. Rashford yeah. at United. Clubs now coming back from my situation is it puts them at a better situation than what they yeah. wasn't. Do people think that's fair? I don't know, but you can't really help that situation. Yeah, the way I, yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. I mean, Arsenal, by the looks of it, you've, you've played 28 games in the season. You've got a game in hand on Tottenham. Now, you're only a point behind them in the league. You're only realistically seven, eight points off top four. Now, if Spurs didn't have yeah. Kane for the rest of the season, you'd probably potentially rule them out of that. However, with him potentially coming back now, I'd say they've got more of a chance than you do. And that does put a disadvantage to you guys. Um, but like I said, I think that probably is the least of the worries for the Premier League clubs in terms of finances, which seems like the main thing. It's the finance side of things, I think, is a, a massive gamble for a lot of clubs. And especially for Tottenham, they've just financed the whole new stadium, which has put them into yeah. millions of pounds of debt. And Yeah, absolutely. A situation like this is how the hell are they going to pay exactly. that? And then you look at, I think we saw reports just when this coronavirus kind of was was built up and started, that we saw Harry Kane linked with um, Manchester United. Now, obviously, there was reports of a 200 million, maybe 150 million pound move to United. But now you look like, would Spurs take that? They probably would. Uh, yeah, I'd like to think Spurs would, but it's, it's hard to say. Does Kane want to move? That's the whole topic of the conversation that you're going to have there. Yeah, I'll... Oh, he needs to move on to bigger things and bigger success. But there's a whole situation with it. It's Tottenham are one of them clubs that you could say it's at the moment very similar to the West Ham situation. They're getting a lot of bad media with the way they're handling this whole coronavirus situation. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. I think we did. I think Tottenham came out as the first big Premier League club and they furloughed uh, staff, didn't they? And then yeah. it was shortly followed by Liverpool. And then when Liverpool did it, there was a real bad backlash. In fact, and then there was mm-hmm. a reverse. So I think we turned around and within a, a couple of days yeah. of coming out and saying we're going to furlough staff, Liverpool came around and said, look, we're not doing that. And they reversed it, which is good because you've got that fan um, feedback that they take on board. And then I think shortly after, I think it was within the week, Tottenham came out and done the same thing. So they did, Spurs have been in the bad light in terms of the, the way they've dealt with it. Like I said, a lot of clubs have got a lot of uproar from trying to use the government scheme of furlough, which I can understand why yeah. people seem to think it's such a thing. Clubs with these millions of pounds of worth should not have to furlough staff. But on the other hand, I can also see their aspect of why they're wanting to use it due to the fact that any other major corporation in the UK probably is taking advantage of that situation. So why shouldn't a football club like that be able to take part? It's for their non-playing staff. I can understand yeah. that they're trying to do it for players, but there's no certainty around their jobs as a non-playing staff that their job is going to be secure. I, I totally agree with you. I think what that now links into is obviously Matt Hancock, who obviously came out and in terms of the football world, he's got a bit of criticism, and rightly so, in my opinion. Um, obviously, it felt like when the when he was speaking in the daily press conference, he spoke about, he, he actually came out and attacked Premier League footballers as, you know, by themselves. I mean, he came out and said they should do their bit, didn't he? 
And that, that for me, is, yep. you'd be surprised the amount of Premier League footballers that already do are so much for charity and things in the background. And for him to potentially come out and attack them. And I believe, if I'm right in saying this, I might be wrong. I don't think he's taken any sort of pay cut himself yet, apart from promise that he'll be working day and night. And, and to be honest, you know, just because they earn the money, it, that's not a, it doesn't justify them to potentially lose out on so much of their wages. No, don't get me wrong. I don't agree with the fact that some players earn as much as they do. And that's a whole debate you could have around the wages in football, but it's not their yeah. fault. That is the way the business in football has made the situation. A player shouldn't be demanded to take a wage cut if you're not seeing any other aspects. And people like within government, where Matt Hancock is there saying, oh, I'm working day and night, blah, blah, blah. In a situation like this, as a government person, that is what you should be expecting. Exactly. I totally agree with you. I think we saw um, Richard Branson, who was, who's obviously, you know, coming to the, uh, the limelight with Virgin, Virgin, and he's obviously a well-known billionaire, and he's put his staff on furlough, and, and, and then there's no mention if you if you listen to the daily the uh, government briefings when there's a question about Richard Branson, Matt Hancock seems to shy away from it and doesn't actually answer him. You know, it's almost like they've got some sort of protection where you know something's been said or whatever, and you know they're not they're immune from criticism. Yeah, because it's in the business. But then when it's to do with things like football, it's it's open ground to try and take apart clubs, etc., and players. And that, that that stigma should not be there within football. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. In terms of um, back to the Premier League, I mean, what we look at the situation in the league at the moment, I think if they were to... I think the null and void situation due to the finances, I don't see null and void potentially happening. That's my point of personal point of view. Um, I think... I can't see it happening. No, I, I, yeah, I just don't see null and void... Like what I see is, I think people have talked about potentially next season, but I think I've seen a lot of people who say that, but then what I don't understand is if you're in a current season now, you want to conclude your current season, and then whatever's next or whatever next season, even if next season has to start in summer next year, so be it. You know, you what, what's here and now should be completed, and, you know, that's the best. Way. And if you think about it, Liverpool's probably the easy one to almost decide. We're 25 points clear with, with nine games to go. So it's almost, you're almost thinking, yeah, they were probably going to win the league. But, but then you look at the bottom of the table, I'm just looking at the moment, you know, you've got Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Watford, West Ham, they're all within two points of each other. Now, which one of them goes down or what do you do? I mean, how do you play that? That's the hardest bit to decide for me is it's, it's, a, it's a given. Liverpool will win the league this season. I can't yeah. see any other way about it. I could understand it was a bit very similar to the situation in the Dutch Eredivisie uh, where it was yeah, level on absolutely. points. It was level on. There were so many other aspects that you couldn't physically give no. the title to someone. No. And obviously, I've seen no. this morning the French league and everything is now yeah. finished. PSG got the title. That's understandable because I think it was a twelve-point gap. Exactly. Exactly. With your terms, you can't. It's how do you clear up? Europa League spots, the Euro- European football in general, yeah, relegation. Yeah. That's where it's going to get tricky and. I think that's where you're going to have a lot of legalities come into it. Like you said, if they decide to go with, I think the French table is the table is finished as it is. You're going to have yeah. teams. You're saying like Villa, Norwich. They're going to be saying, so how, how have you come to that decision? And I think, regardless whatever way they go about it, there's going to be yeah, up. Well, exactly that. I mean, obviously, I saw the reports coming out this morning. Not reports. It's actually been confirmed where Macron, the uh, president of France, came out and, and said all of football 
and all our sporting major events will have to be ended. And obviously, League League One in, in French have, have obviously have uh, stopped their league and PSG be given the title. However, I mean, we've all heard of the football villain um, Aulas, the Lyon owner, who's come out who's come out and said he's proposing like they do like a playoff to determine certain aspects of the league. I feel like you know the leagues, even the Eredivisie in Holland, who have come out and finished their season. If you now look into it, there's a lot of teams teams and there's a lot of legality now being brought into it and there'll be a lot of um cases now and there'll be a lot of you know things going against it so it, they've done it however i do see a, re- a reversal potentially happening i think the problem is if they then go back on their word is are they giving in to clubs making the decisions now at the end of the day the fa is meant to be yeah. the governing body you may not like the decision, but that is where it's coming from. This is what we're waiting for the advice. And as much as I hate to say it, I think whatever way they go, yeah. personally, in my opinion, I think it should be done as it is now. I can't see how I saw one other idea was that you go back to where it was the halfway point in the season. I don't get how that's fair because all the games have happened since you're making them irrelevant. I don't get how. It's as unfair it is to say, Absolutely. it should yeah. be done on the fact yeah. that Games has finished as it yeah, is. Yeah, that's, that's a fair valid point. I think there's another thing I saw, which was, in my opinion, the fairest way, if you were to conclude the season, is um, points per game. Now, up until 28 games, but the thing is, you, you say, I think you just mentioned now, you said up until now, but then you look at it, I'm just looking at the table where you've got, you know, you've got um, Wolverhampton Wanderers and Manchester United who are on 29 games, and then Sheffield United. I played 28 and Arsenal played mm-hmm. 28. So you guys have played a game less, whereas some teams have played a game more. Exactly. So how do you go off right now? Then that means you guys, you could have won that game and that could have potentially put could you... Could have been a first. disadvantage, yeah. Exactly. No, and you, you've got that game in hand over Spurs and Arsenal and Spurs have always had that rivalry and you always will. Now, if you win your game in hand, you go above them. And then potentially, if you won that game in hand, that's the season concluded. You can have that laugh that you finish above Spurs again, whatever it may be. Or on the other side, you could potentially lose or draw it and you finish below them. But if you finish it right here and now, then people will be like, well, we've played a game less than you. So how, the, how are you allowed to... It's inconclusive. Exactly. That's where the where we say finish it right now is hard. But the points per game is probably the fairest way if you were to conclude it. Um, but then again, the way I see it, leaves and potentially West Brom in the championship. You know, Leeds have been, I think they're a club that's almost cursed. You know, the last three, four years have tried to come up Premier League and they've, you know, almost collapsed near the latter stage of the season. Whereas now, potentially this season, you're looking at thinking, you know what, from my point of view, I think they would have come up if it was concluded. Now, do you now say they're not coming up? I saw another proposal, which seemed like a good one, is that you'd if you were to conclude the season you'd give liverpool the title because that's the yeah. obvious that's the obvious one that's that's the one out of every decision where you think i can't see it going any other way i can't see how liverpool yeah. cannot no, be given liverpool. a title yeah i mean like i say the thing is i'm a liverpool fan so you i'd want it i mean you wait 30 years for it in my lifetime i've not seen them win in the league however i have to accept that realistically we would have won it but then again who knows we probably Albeit, it'd be all it'd be very Liverpool if we end up losing every game and City won all of them and they won the league. However, you know you've got to put common sense into it, and then it comes into that where that's the decision being twenty five points clear. You'd think they're going to win the league. Then I what I saw was that there's twenty teams in the league now. Next season, you'd promote the top two from the championship and play twenty two teams for for the season next season. 
I think the devil the way you're talking about Liverpool getting a title as a Liverpool fan, you haven't seen that. The only other aspect I was thinking as a fan no. is that side of it. Would you then, in a way, every other fan is going to throw it in your face saying you were given the title? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, my dad, he's been a Liverpool fan all his life, obviously. Um, and he, he hasn't seen Liverpool in the league in 30 years. He grew up watching Liverpool be the team. They were winning title, they were winning European Cups. You ask him that question, he'll laugh at you and say, give me the title anyhow, and I'd take it. And from my perspective, 100%, you can sit there as, an, as a fan of Manchester United or whoever it might be and laugh at me and say, yeah, but you were given the title. I'd be like, but have we won the Premier League? Yes, we have. How were we 25 points clear? Yes, we were. So from my point of view, I'll be honest, it's a shame that, you know, we haven't got the whole parade and, you know, we probably won't be able to lift the title with 55,000 fans in the stadium. But you ask a Liverpool fan that's gone 30 years without seeing his club win the title, they take it anyhow. I mean, that is from my perspective. It's bittersweet. I mean, you know, we're not going to, realistically, we're not going to win it with fans in the stadium. And that's something we'll have to accept. But what that does for, for Liverpool, even for Jurgen Klopp and the players, is it might motivate them. They might go, right, we won the Exactly. We might, we might potentially, the players might come out and go, right, we've won the league, we've been given the league. However, next season, let's go out and do it for the fans and let's really get that title and where we can share it with the fans. And then we've got the motivation for next season. We've seen over the years where many Premier League, I think in the last four or five years, obviously Man City won it back to back. But before then, there was yeah. a different winner every year, wasn't it? So you, teams after they win the, win the league, they kind of lose that bit of bite. However, with this going on now with Liverpool, maybe we'll, we'll still have that hunger. We'll still have the, the determination to go and win the title next season. So there's positives as well as negatives. But if you're asking me, you know, are you going to be happy with a tainted asterisk title for me? Just give it to me anyhow. I don't care. It's an opinion I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about saying is, as a fan, how do you feel? Yeah, about it? And yeah. From my point of view, if I was an Arsenal fan in that situation, I'll take the title every day, like you said. If you're in that position where you're, you it's go. not yeah, like absolutely. you're one or two points clear. You've walked the league this season. And there's a few no. games I've seen where, yeah, the Wolves game, they gave you a very, very good game, very close. But a lot of the games mm-hmm. you've absolutely. been yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're totally right in that. In terms of where this season you've seen the, the club just grind it one way or another. You know, I've heard, I've seen Liverpool, and there's been VAR decisions which have gone against us, but there's also been some that have favoured us, and that's happened to every club. But you'd be, I mean, from a common sense football fan, unbiased point of view, you wouldn't think anything other than potentially giving that title. Um, but in terms of the how to, how do you celebrate it? How do we get given it? It is another story. That's the thing, like you're saying, it's in a way, like you said, it's the Liverpool way of things to happen. It it wouldn't happen to any other yeah. team but yourselves and I think it would motivate the players a lot yeah. more to try and succeed and want to bring the Premier League home to Liverpool where 55,000 fans will be in a stadium you'll have a massive parade after that is what football is about it's about giving success to people like yourself us who love football and share that passion yeah no I totally else. agree with you you've got the especially in Liverpool you know it's a working class city you know, people are putting their wages into season tickets, which don't come cheap anymore. I mean, Arsenal, have, for many years, have had season tickets that are extortionate prices. So fans have given their life and soul into football, and that's the rewards 
and that's what you want to give back to them. So I totally agree with you in that, is that, you know, you want to share it with the fans in the stadium. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. I've seen something, I think it was Connor Cody from Wolves, where he was saying the last game I think they played that was behind closed door against Olympiacos, where it was saying it was nowhere near the same due to the fact you have no atmosphere in the ground. And I think for a lot of players now, mm. as much as they want to come back and play football, it's, is it worth it more than anything? Is it the same? It's, don't get me wrong, they're paid to do a job, but when it's not, no atmosphere, there's no nothing, that, it's not the same. It takes away, it takes, yeah, of course, it takes away that good feel factor. I mean, do you celebrate a goal and run to the stands? No, you don't. Do you knee slide in front of the corner flag for what? I mean, to who? To the cameraman? So you lose an aspect of it. But however, the way I saw, I think I saw the Premier League put a proposal saying there was potentially, if they were to start the season again, they'd play like sounds and noises to try and make an atmosphere. However, obviously the more recent reports is that they're looking at neutral venues. I think Twickenham was one of them that was sounded out by the by the Premier League, um, like a World Cup style. So potentially you'd have, you know, maybe three, four stadiums. You'd look at maybe Wembley. You'd look at Twickenham. Maybe you'd also look like, look at a couple of London stadiums or even like Birmingham. You'd have to pick an area, have three, four stadiums, and try and conclude the season. Villa Park. Uh, the King Power Stadium was one of yeah. them that was talked about as well. And that idea, I think, yes, could work. But then but... do you say, you just mentioned Villa Park. So when Aston Villa play, do they play all their games at home? Do you see what I mean? So Aston, you look at Aston Villa. Aston Villa are sitting in 19th position in the Premier League. They've got a game in hand. If they win their game in hand, they would move out of the relegation zone and put Watford in it. Aston Villa, if you're saying is what potentially one of the stadiums that could be an approved stadium, they have, even though there will be no fans, it's a massive advantage. Teams like Bournemouth, Watford, West Ham, Brighton will all turn around and go, uh, hold on, we are not doing that. No chance. We're in a relegation battle with them and they get to play their games is, all at home. So, so, you know, again, that was another problem. Opens another kind of one. It's, it's, it's not just like everyone seems to think the basics. There is so much going on behind this. I guarantee you now, people within the Premier League directory who probably have this headache 24 7 trying to work a way out yeah. in this situation mm. yeah i mean you, i think the headaches that the you know you've got the ceos you've got the all the football people within the, the football teams you know it is an absolute dilemma which you know you you'd look at it and go hopefully you can just shut it all down but it doesn't work like that unfortunately i think the finances don't allow that like i say if in an idea world, you'd close everything down and then until it's fully safe to do so, until we've got a vaccine, we can play again. However, what that'd do is potentially liquidate two or three Premier League teams. Um, and then how does that leave the Premier League next season? How does that leave the football you know, from, from going forward? So there's, there's, there's a problem there in terms of if you were to just conclude it. And it's, it is a, a really difficult one for the, the football people. Well, I think out. the other side of it is like you're saying there can shut everything down until there's a vaccine but there's talk the vaccine won't be here for 18 months yeah. for a lot of people who may be struggling exactly. in life mental health issues like football is their escape and for a lot of people on that side of things is they 100%. live and breathe football there is monumentous amount of diehard fans yeah. and yeah. for people like that I can't imagine how hard it is for them because I miss football so much yeah. but for people who live and breathe it which pay thousands of pounds to follow their club around the country where where's their release where's it gonna stop exactly that i mean like i said even 
from my personal point of view, you know, we've all had our hardships in life. Um, and there's been moments where, you know, you're down in life or whatever. And when, when Liverpool are playing on a, on a Saturday afternoon, there's 90 minutes of football where I don't think about anything outside. You don't think about any of your problems. And it's truly you're, you're into your football, you're into the game. And luckily for me, you know, we've been succeeding on the pitch. So it's brought a smile to me. I mean, if we were losing, then it'd only make it worse. But I mean, that's just a, a benefit we've had. And that's something that Liverpool have given me. You know, they've given me the, the happiness and, and, you know, the success that they've brought on the field has made it better even in my life. Even in a short period of time, you know, you've got 90 minutes of football, which you don't think about anything else. You don't think about any of your problems. And if you're telling me that 18 months, I can't do that, you know, it leaves a lot of people vulnerable and it, and it brings in the aspect of mental health, which, you know, is in a whole different ballgame. That's the thing is for a lot of people who do struggle, like you're saying there, when a game is on, that's my release. I don't think about anything else. That is the only time where I can sit down for 90 minutes. And personal point of view, at the moment, being an Arsenal fan, it's probably more stressful than normal life at times. But it is that, <laughs> it's that breakaway. Yeah, absolutely. And for people needing that time, it's hard. That's so much a massive debate. Where do you go? Personal opinion, I don't think football can wait that long. And I don't just mean general in football. I think it's you're opening up yeah. to so many other sports. You're looking at the whole thing that happened with Dana White with the UFC no, when he went no. to put that event on in California and Ireland. It's I don't get how in his logic he wanted to put an event on, but I can see yeah, the money. Yeah. I think I think the first sport, whatever it is that opens up, is gonna open a can of worms because as soon as they get approved, etc. if the Premier League starts, you're gonna have things like cricket, golf, boxing, everything like that is gonna say, Right, it's safe for them to come back. What about us? Yeah, we'll come back. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. I mean you I think I've seen it already. The golf, they've they've already suspended the Masters. Um, you look at the cricket. I think the cricket team just today, actually, they announced that the inaugural, uh, the 100 competition, that's been postponed until yeah. next year. You've got the, uh, the women's Euros that's been pushed back a year. The football Euros obviously pushed back. You've also got the uh, the tennis majors that have all been... I think Wimbledon has been postponed and it's never... I think since 90... I'm not sure how many years, 80 plus years, where it's never been postponed and that's been postponed by a year so if if football comes back all of those will, will be all the authorities of tennis cricket will turn around and say oh, hang on a minute you know if if they are being approved and they're doing the testing and whatnot and they're allowed to come back then it does open a can of worms and then it's potentially do we want to come back and then do we need to come back so yeah it does well, exactly. i've just seen a thing just pop up now about the Bundesliga, which i think was meant to start on may the 5th again that has now been pushed back even further so that just sums up at the moment. I don't think it is safe anytime soon. I can't see it being probably till around July time for the season to start again. And yeah. I think it was I, I think, I think so, it was a yeah. very bold move from the Bundesliga trying to start the season in May. Well, what it did was I think in Germany they've obviously had the um in terms of their their deaths and in terms of their cases, they've dealt with it relatively well. Um a lot better than we have in here in the UK. However, they've obviously um, eased their lockdown measures. What that's done now is it's spiked the, um, the cases now. So effectively, they're now paying. And, you know, it, what the, the reality is, we're thinking it from a football perspective, but there's lives that are being lost and there's nothing more important in life than life and death. So, you know, you put that as a forefront and stuff like football is not, Football is the most important it is, of uh, the least important. Uh, like I say at the moment, 
it is the main aim is to stay safe. Everyone needs to stay safe and stay indoors. So that is, the, as much as I love my sports, is it can wait. Everything like that. And That's I know we've talked yeah. a lot about the Premier League, but for me, is I follow Luton Town as well, which is my mum's team. League clubs in the Championship, League One, League Two, like that, they are going to be hit so yeah. much harder than the Premier League due to the fact that they don't get the finance. As it's already seen. 100%. Yeah, like you're saying there is, and even Again, lower than yeah, that, the teams yeah. in the National League got the season has already been scrapped, which I don't think is fair. I don't get how they can scrap anything down further mm. from the National League, even for no, no. teams around here. I know in in the Bista where I live in the area, little Sunday League teams who don't make money, but that is a way of release. Having their leagues cancelled is huge. So. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, in I obviously live in Norton Keynes where. Um, well, we've got the uh, MK Dons, a very, you know, in criticism club who's been in the media with the whole Wimbledon situation. But, you know, we've got a stadium here, which was a UEFA-approved stadium, you know, which holds around 32,000, 33,000 fans. It can, uh, not that he fills it up every week, which he doesn't. But then Pete Wunkerman came out and said, they're probably going to be okay. Realistically, I think that's just yeah. him covering the cracks. How do you maintain a stadium of 32,000? Well, you, if you see the MK Donna Stadium, a, a very state-of-the-art stadium, a club who's in League One and who are actually fighting relegation, you know, it puts them in a big problem and it puts them in a situation where can they come out of it and what happens uh, to the that's club? That's the big thing is there's so many clubs I see down there. Like The MK Donna's facilities is, to me, it's a ground fit for a Premier League team. So, like you're saying, for a team in League One fighting relegation, I don't understand how he's coming out and saying they'll be okay. I don't know how any team at the moment can say they're going to be okay in this situation because there's so much uncertainty around it. Personally, I don't even think, even in the Premier League, we've obviously got the big teams. I don't think there's certainty from any club to say, yeah, we're going to be absolutely fine. You know, it's no guarantee of sustainability for any club. There is no, there is so much uncertainty at the moment. I don't think any club is safe. I don't think there's any real answer in this situation until this is all cleared up. You're put more than anything. Yeah, I think no, there's going to be a totally new norm agree. now. Football will be changed forever from this. Where, where do you I, go? I think personally, what it does, it can it potentially humbles footballers. It humbles us, the fans. You know, you, you've got to appreciate the way, way everything we've liked in the game, we'll, we'll have to, you know, we'll, we'll be humbled from it and, and it changed people's perspective moving forward. Oh, I 100% agree with that. So I think for today, I think we've talked more than enough about this coronavirus situation, which, yes, but you hear enough about it 24-7 as it is. So I think we'll wrap it up for today. Thank you everyone for listening to the first podcast. We're hopefully going to be aiming to do one a week. Uh, this one, I'm hopefully having this out for Friday, 6pm, which will be the 1st of May, and we'll go forward from there. So if there's anything you'd love to hear us discuss, any of your favourite teams, any favourite moments, message us on our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Let us know, and we're more than willing to talk about it. I'll put links out, and I'll share them for everyone, so everyone's got the information. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. from myself for now. Thank you very much for listening and please, everyone, stay safe. Yeah, stay safe, everyone. Take care. Thank you very much.